Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. Whether you're joining us online or in person for the first time today, <laughs> indeed, it is good to find connection in all kinds of ways. I'm Karen Schofield Leka. My pronouns are per and pers, short for person, and I am the officiant this morning. Today is the launch of Hybrid Platform. We've been uh, a long time awaiting it. A lot of work has gone into making it possible for whom we are grateful for those leaders. And um, we are very excited to be in this new phase together. We have members and friends attending live on Zoom, in person here in the hall, and asynchronously by watching or listening to the recording later. Welcome to everyone. We are one community, unified across time and space, as we gather to affirm our values and commit to a better world. We're still figuring out how to be in this new phase together, so let's learn from our mistakes and forgive each other generously. If you are joining us live on Zoom, please say hello in the chat, and having your chat set for everyone will give everyone else in the Zoom sphere a chance to see your greetings. You're welcome to say hello, whether you're a brand new visitor, whether a longtime member, a neighbor from another ethical society or Unitarian Universalist congregation, or somewhere in between. If you're participating on Zoom this morning, there's a closed captioning option available that can be turned on or off as you prefer. The Zoom chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. If you are watching from in the building here and within the sound of my voice, so maybe you're out at the welcome table, and planning to follow along on Zoom or your personal device, please be sure to disconnect audio so that we don't have feedback during the program. It's a mistake I made in practice, so be forewarned. <laughs> if you would like to make a reservation to attend Platform in Person in the future, check out the link on Wes's homepage at ethicalsociety.org, and I think that link will also be appearing in the chat. Online visitors, we hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot at ethicalsociety.org. That's M-A-C-E-O-T. You can also fill out a connection form and someone will put that link into the chat. And then in-person visitors, please stop by the welcome table to introduce yourself. I'll now read a few of the greetings that have come in by Zoom, assuming the technology is working properly. So let's see. We just never know what works, what's sleeping, etc. Okay. Nope, it is saying I can't connect. I hear we have a little bit of bandwidth channel. So unfortunately, Zoom guests. Oh, okay, we have enough over here. See, it takes a village. We do it all together. And so, um, Joe Klein is saying hi, everyone from Boston. Sue Smith and Peter Bishop, which, which everyone, good morning. Jeff Mehal says, well, it's nice to see some people in the main hall for platform. Good morning, everyone at West. Vince Tyler says, good morning, people of West. Um, we have some questions about sound, which now has is working because they were with us before we've officially began. Uh, Judy Ohm says, how exciting, good morning all. And um, 
uh, ah, so I'll call out the video looks superb. So that's terrific. Woohoo. And Abby Dakin says, yep. So we are looking great this morning from our guests uh, in the Zoomosphere as well. It is good to connect and share this time together. Uh, once you're prepared, I invite you to settle into your comfy seat with your beverage of choice as we continue to gather. Our opening words this morning are adapted from Liz Strong of Blessed Memory. We are in the midst of a season of celebration. Celebrations of the birth of new hope, of the festival of lights, of the triumph of freedom. The darkness of the year will be lifting soon and the time of light will grow longer. We have gathered with an anticipation of hope for peace on earth and in our homes. We have gathered in this season of celebrations, seeking comfort to soften the pain and the losses of our lives have suffered in the past fast retreating year. We have gathered to savor joy within this season of celebrations with the tenderness and love of family and friends around us. Let us be embraced by the strength and power of this gathering that transcends time and space, strength and power that we each bring as we create this beloved community. Let joy and sorrow join in the fullness of our living. Let the power and strength we embody join us together as we move through the seasons of celebration into a new year with a new vision of hope for peace on earth. So ends the reading and we begin our platform with music. Hi everybody, my name is Mark David Buckles and I'm going to be sharing the song Bright Morning Star with you. Hope you'll sing it with me. Um, some of you might be familiar with the song in uh, the Unitarian Universalist hymnal, Bright Morning Stars. Uh, my understanding is that the song uh, originally was Bright Morning Star about our sun. Bright Morning Star is arising or Bright Morning Stars Arising. Um, this is also a different melody uh, from maybe the one you've heard. Uh, it's, in my understanding, an old Appalachian melody. Uh, and it's got some additional verses uh, written by my friend and colleague, Matt Meyer. So here's how the song goes. Bright morning stars arising, bright morning stars arising, bright morning stars arising. Day is a breaking in my soul. So I'm going to line that out for you. I'll sing one line, invite you to sing it back with me. Bright morning stars arising. Your turn. Bright morning stars arising. 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 Day is the breaking in my soul. Day 
is a breaking day is a breaking in my soul so let's try that whole thing together bright morning bright morning stars arising bright morning stars arising bright morning stars arising day is a breaking in my soul let's try that one more time bright morning Bright morning stars arising, bright morning stars arising, bright morning stars arising, day is a breaking in my soul. Rise up from morning slumber, 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 day is a breaking Rise up and hear your calling. 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 Day is a breaking in my soul. Oh, lift your voice to heaven. 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 out loud for justice we'll sing out loud for justice we'll sing out loud for justice we'll sing out loud for justice day is a breaking in my soul we'll build this faith together 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 day is a breaking in my soul bright morning star bright morning star arising bright morning stars arising bright morning stars arising day is a breaking in my soul one more time bright morning bright morning stars arising bright morning stars arising Bright morning stars arising, day is a breaking in my soul. Day is a breaking, day is a breaking in my soul. Day is a breaking, day is a breaking in my soul. One more time, day is a breaking in my soul. Well, welcome once again. Each week we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. And if you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash read SOP. You can either record a video of yourself reading the statement of purpose, if that works better for you, or you can present the statement of purpose here in the hall as we have a person ready on the wings to do. If you're ready, um, relatively new to the community or haven't been active lately, it's also a great way to kind of like put yourself back into the space and reintroduce yourself to the community. 
Our reader this morning is Adam Briskin-Limehouse, who serves on the Lay Leadership Development Committee and is part of the Sci-Fi Book Club, book group, excuse me. Adam, the mic is yours. Good morning. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thanks, and as Adam is lighting our candle in the hall, I invite you, our remote and synchronous persons, to light their candle wherever you are and join me in our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Our theme today is finding peace among all of the conflicting experiences and feelings of the season. And we're gonna hear more about that in today's story. Hi, I'm Lynn Cox. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm the interim leader here at the Washington Ethical Society. Hanukkah began almost a week ago, and it continues through tomorrow. Some people at West, like me, celebrate Hanukkah at home. Others can be inspired by humans doing unexpected, extraordinary things. I don't know if the story happened exactly this way, but I believe it's true. Once upon a time, the Jewish people had a temple to which they made pilgrimages several times a year. Even for people who lived many days journey away, the temple was the center for their religious and cultural life. It was not unusual for one world empire or another to rule over the land, making them part of an international government. But usually, those foreign kings left religion alone. That was not true of Antiochus IV of the Seleucid Greeks. Unlike previous emperors and foreign leaders that had occupied Judah, Antiochus thought, sought to completely assimilate the Jews. And that meant he wanted to make them exactly the same as him. He wanted all of the empire's subjects to worship the same gods, to eat, the same drink, uh, eat and drink the same food and drink, raise their children in the same way. And in an effort to destroy the Jewish religion and the way of life, his troops vandalized the temple, poured out this, all of the sacred lamp oil they could find, and poured it onto the floor, and they smeared filth on the walls, and they let pigs run loose through the sanctuary. Out in the small town of Modin, some of the officers of Antiochus IV came to make sure that the locals were praying to Greek gods. And the officers ordered a country priest who was named Matatias or Matasyahu, depending on who was telling the story, to be the first of his village 
to sacrifice an animal to the altar of an idol. And Mattisyahu refused. According to the book of 1 Maccabees, Mattisias tore down the idol and said, let everyone who is zealous for the law and who stands by the covenant follow me. So Mattatias or Mattisyahu and his five sons became the leaders of the Jewish uprising. And their family became known as the Maccabees, which means hammer. And they recruited rebels from all over the northern villages of Judea. And they were outnumbered by the armies of Antiochus, but they knew the hills and valleys. And so they tore down the altars of the idols throughout the countryside. Mattisyahu died, leaving leadership of the army to his son Yehuda. And the fighting went on for a while. Some accounts say two years, some accounts say three years. Before the Jews earned their most important victory. So after all that time, it might have been in the year 3594 or 3622 on the Hebrew calendar, or the year 168 or 139 before the common era, as the years are commonly reckoned now. But there was a turning point. On the 25th of the Jewish month of Kislev, the Jews reclaimed the temple. And they found the spiritual home, the heart of their community, a complete mess. They cleaned up the filth, they removed the overgrown weeds, they drove out the wild animals, and they constructed a new altar. The seven-branched menorah was still there, but it had not been lit or two or three years, and it was supposed to be lit all the time, an eternal, an eternal beacon. So people from all over the country were returning to Jerusalem, united in their eagerness to see the menorah kindled again. Remembering that they had not been able to celebrate their pilgrimage holiday of Sukkot in the fall, they celebrated an eight-day festival of gratitude and voted that there would be an annual festival of Hanukkah for eight days each year, beginning on the 25th of the Jewish month of Kislev. There is a version of the story in which a single cruise of oil lasted for the whole eight-day festival. That's in the Talmud. The other parts of the story come from the books of 1 Maccabees and 2 Maccabees. Now, energy efficiency is another great thing to celebrate. Yet I don't want to overlook the story of people who rededicated their community space and their lives, despite the odds. The word Hanukkah means dedication. It's a time of year to refocus time, attention, and community energy on the values and places that are most important. Today is a good day to enter into new, a new phase of relationship with the meeting house. Even as we celebrate the expansion of our community to include members near and far. Lighting the menorah was not the end of the war between the Maccabees and the dynasty of Antiochus. Depending on which source you consult, the rebellion considered for another two or three years. Sometimes you have to stop in the middle to celebrate. Taking time to be human. Time to remember your relationships and to reassert the human worth of your community and yourself is also important. In this story, that time to reassert humanity was half the battle. We don't have to wait for perfection or resolution. 
It's okay to grieve and it's okay to dance when not everything is resolved. By inventing Hanukkah, the Jewish people created a moment of peace in the middle of a turbulent period. So as we move into the centering time of our platform, let's consider the ways that we can share the gifts of serenity and darkness and imagination, as well as sharing the gifts of increasing light when not everything is peaceful. Each week, we ring a chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I'm particularly mindful of the victims of a school shooting in Michigan, a volcanic eruption in Indonesia, and the looming loss of reproductive choice across America. And yet, it is also Hanukkah, and so we are mindful of the power of community and restoring light and life to defiled places. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us open our hearts to compassion for those who suffer. And let us commit ourselves to the work that calls for our love. As we continue our moment of mindfulness, I invite you to close your eyes or to soften your gaze. Wherever you are, whenever you are hearing my words, be in that time and place. Take a moment to notice the feelings in your body, your posture, your breath, your connection with the floor. Shift to a position that is comfortable yet attentive and take two or three nourishing breaths. Feel your heart beating as it is nourished by the oxygen you breathe in and relieved of the carbon dioxide you release to share with the trees. If you are with others in the same room, Breathing together may feel unfamiliar or even risky. With the help of our safety procedures, we'll do our best to relax into that nourishing breath. Stay in touch with your heart and your breath as I read these words from Rachel Varenblatt. 
A candle is not diminished when it lights another flame. Hope is not diminished when it leaps from heart to heart like wildfire. A seed is not diminished when it lets go and roots unfurl and pale green tendrils sprout. The things that matter most aren't zero sum. They defy the laws of physics, conservation of matter, chemical processes of combustion. Even when we're far apart or quarantined, the light from your soul's candle reaches mine and between us, Look, we blaze like the light of creation, more than the sum of our parts. As we contemplate the peace and hope created in the space between us, we continue our meditation in silence and in the music that follows.
this reading is responsive. Whether you're watching us live on Zoom or on the recording later, or you're here with us in the meeting house, I'm going to invite you to speak the response softly to yourself at the end of each section. The words of response refer to being together, and I want to emphasize that togetherness is not bound by time and space. If you're joining this platform from around the world or another time, we're still together, united in intention and purpose and values. So your response, which I hope you can see on the screen, is we find comfort in naming these feelings. We find some peace in being together. If you're having trouble seeing the screen, just listen, because we say it enough times that you will pick it up. So when you, you say that response, when one of us says, this season brings forth many feelings. So I'll, one of us will say, this season brings forth many feelings, and then let's try it together. We find comfort in naming these feelings. We find some peace in being together. All around us are bright lights and merry messages, yet in our hearts not all is joyful. There is grief with the loss of relationships, those we love no longer with us because of death, those we have loved who are estranged from us, those we love yet experience a diminishment of intimacy. There is grief with the loss and change of relationship. Grief, bittersweet, for it is a consequence of the presence of love. This season brings forth many feelings. We find comfort in naming these feelings. We find some peace in being together. All around us are bright lights and merry messages. Yet in our heart, not all is joyful. There may be pain in our bodies, physical pain as a natural outcome of aging, physical pain that presents itself as illness, pain in the body that forces us to change and imposes limitations. Pain bittersweet for physical experience includes both pain and pleasure. This season brings forth many feelings. We, we find comfort in naming these feelings. We find some peace in being together. All around us are bright lights and merry messages, yet in our heart, not all is joyful. There may be anger and regret with the memories we hold, anger with past experiences of hurt or abuse, Regret of our own actions that may have caused hurt to others. Anger that life has not turned out as we imagined. Regret for what we might have said or done. Anger and regret, bittersweet in presenting the possibility for healing and forgiveness. This season brings forth many feelings. We find comfort in naming these feelings. We find some peace in being together. All around us are bright lights and merry messages, yet in our heart, not all is joyful. There may be uncertainty that accompanies transition and change. Uncertainty of what the future may bring with changes. Uncertainty of direction or purpose after retirement or a change of vocation. Uncertainty when changing residence by necessity or by choice. 
uncertainty, bittersweet. For change, a constant in life, lets us know that we are alive and change along with life. This season brings forth many feelings. We find, we find comfort, comfort in naming these feelings. We, we find some peace in being together. All around us are bright lights and merry messages, yet in our heart, not all is joyful. There may be a sense of hopelessness, hopelessness in the face of so much violence and suffering, hopelessness with attempts to heal our aching world and ourselves, hopelessness in witnessing what we have not managed to accomplish, hopelessness, bittersweet for its longing reminds us of our capacity for hope and the human spirit's tenacity and courage that rests deep within each of us. This season brings forth many feelings. We find, we find comfort, comfort in naming, naming these feelings. We find some peace in, in being together. All around us are bright lights and merry messages, yet in our heart, not all is joyful. There is loneliness. Loneliness when we find ourselves alone after being long partnered. Loneliness when we're separated from loved ones. Loneliness when we move to a new community and struggle to find our way. Loneliness that never seems filled even in good company. Loneliness that is an ever-present aching in the heart. Loneliness, bittersweet, for it is felt only when we have known connectedness. This season brings forth many feelings. We find comfort in naming these feelings. We find some peace in being together. All around us are bright lights and merry messages, yet in our heart, not all is joyful. We know grief and pain. We know anger and regret. We know hopelessness and loneliness. We know all these feelings. We name them. We live them, for such is the human experience. That love presents us with the possibility of being hope, with the grief of loss. The connection holds the potential of loneliness and uncertainty. That forgiveness can begin to heal anger and regret. That being alive is a courageous act in which we engage all of our emotions. This season brings forth many feelings. We find comfort in naming these feelings. We find some peace in being together. For all of the complex experiences and deep emotions we bring to this season, we're grateful for a circle of community to help us hold them. In our connections across time and space, may we find peace. It's complicated. I wish I had a sticker to, that said that to put just on everything. Some of, so especially this time of year, some of us crave color and light to lift our spirits on the shortest days of the year. Some of us crave quiet and serenity. Some of us can't deal with so much jollity in the midst of grief. Some of us just wanna be left alone to finish our work before the deadline at the end of the calendar year. 
It's complicated. Some of us live the month of December in constant protest of encroaching hegemony, resisting the enmeshment of church and state and marketplace, trying to escape non-consensual holiday music in public spaces. Some of us are happy to listen and reinterpret or have nostalgic feelings for certain songs and stories, even if we don't agree with them in literal terms, or we find these celebrations that we didn't grow up with charming, or we just don't have the energy to worry about a music playlist in the face of the enormity of the other issues we have to deal with. Among us, there are many different and valid approaches to the winter holiday celebrations. It's complicated. Some of us feel pressured to appear cheerful, to create festivity, to spin a wonderland of perfection for the people around us. Whether or not we feel joy in our hearts. Some of us feel pressured to be constantly serious, to be above reproach in working for justice or for our family's economic security, to demonstrate our sober and cynical analysis of things as they are. This pressure for despairing sincerity may not leave room for flashes of joy or signs of potential change. We're just letting off steam. It's complicated. Some of us have been through hell, and our loved ones don't necessarily know how to deal with that. Maybe friends have backed away or they're being aggressively normal at us. Or maybe neighbors try to give us too much advice. Or maybe loved ones are so overtly solicitous that otherwise good days are brought down by people who don't trust that good days are yet possible. And we might need different things on different days. And it is true generally and especially in December that we can perceive pressure to demonstrate certain attitudes or emotions, even if those feelings aren't authentic. It's complicated. And in these times, this phase of the pandemic that may or may not be the beginning of Act 3 in a three-act historical arc, figuring out how to be and how to feel is complicated. We might be at once elated for those who have been able to get vaccinated and also worried about the parts of the world where vaccines aren't accessible. We might be recalculating our risk budgets on a daily basis, wondering what's wise or possible or sustainable, given all of the factors of public health and in our own lives. We might be looking to this season to grab whatever shreds of hope and cheer or normalcy we can muster, or we might be sad and angry all over again about what we've lost. We might find it difficult to relax into whatever moments of love and meaning we can find, wondering if we're allowed to have a break. It's complicated. The main thing I want to say to you today is that it is okay to feel how you feel okay to feel how you feel. And if you feel a different way in the next moment, that's also fine. We'll try our best to be gentle with ourselves and each other because big feelings can pack a lot of energy into the way we treat our loved ones, our neighbors, and our own tender hearts. 
So if you're feeling sad or lonely, if grief is the fog through which you navigate most days, if you are not interested in faking happiness for the holidays, bring that into this circle. Your experience is part of the human experience. If you're fighting for the chance to feel joy, if you're wondering if it's okay to be okay for a minute, if acknowledging the pain of the world exists alongside with acknowledging beauty and possibility, bring that into the circle. Your experience is part of the human experience. And if your approach to the month of December is not the one depicted in the sales flyers, if you're feeling isolated because of the assumptions other people make about what you must be doing or feeling or planning this time of year, bring that into the circle. Your experience is part of the human experience. And as part of our job here, to create space that humanizes, space that recognizes authenticity and dignity and worth, to let's receive each other as our whole selves, even as we learn and practice how to express that wholeness in life-affirming and community-supporting ways. These times are hard. In some ways, the daily recalculations are harder than the days when everyone who was able to do so could be assured that staying home was the best way to protect our community. Don't get me wrong, I don't miss those days. They were terrifying. But some of the decisions were easier. Now there's no one right answer. We're constantly surfing on the edges of chaos in our chapter on chaos, the authors of the book Sparks of Wonder mention how disturbing this can be. They write, it seems to be a universal phenomenon that each of us holds a set of ordered relations. They're referencing anthropologist Mary Douglas. A set of ordered relations in our minds, consciously or unconsciously. We have a notion of what it means for something to be in place. If something isn't where we expect it to be or how we expect it to be, most of us experience a sense of disorder. And the human impulse is often to try to restore out-of-place things to our expectations of them, to make things fit or appear or occur just as we want them. The authors go on to elaborate what this means for communities like ours. And I'd like to go back and point out that that same urge to bring order out of chaos is what makes this pandemic time so difficult and what makes the pressure to be or feel a certain way during the holidays so difficult. The longing for what is predictable or comfortable or orderly is very real and predictability isn't possible right now. Even to the extent that we thought it was possible before March 2020. We want things to make sense and instead, events feel out of control. And this part, when we're trying in bits and pieces, a few things at a time, things that feel a little familiar, but aren't quite the same as what we remember, this is really hard. Reminders of normalcy that don't match our hopes or expectations 
violate that urge to impose order. Yet we know we have to adapt. So we learn to tolerate discomfort with a certain amount of chaos in the service of our shared purpose. We learn to be curious and gentle in this transition. Similarly, the pressure that we may be feeling to approach the holidays in a certain way comes from a misguided impulse to impose order. Those pressures, whether internal or external, are seeking a predictable, smooth, uncluttered version of reality. And that's not how reality is. Trying to make it so can be harmful. Attempting to control other people, suppressing emotions, silencing untidy experiences. That's dehumanizing, right? Like, it's one thing to contain, but if you're saying that some emotions are just not acceptable ever, or some experiences are not ever able to be spoken, that's dehumanizing. Being humanist involves some openness to the messiness that comes with being authentically human. Though we do need to be mindful of our impact on others in the ways we express and cope with those authentic human experiences. So rather than attempting to dehumanize people or give in to the harmful aspect of the impulses that arise in us as we move through a chaotic, disordered world, the authors of Sparks of Wonder remind us of our community agreements. The promises we make in communities like this one keep us rooted in our values, in our relationships, in our best selves. The agreements we make, such as the West Community Relations Pact, help create boundaries that are consensual and healthy, yet allow for the flexibility and authenticity of being human. We can't control historical events. We can't force ourselves and each other to feel emotions that we aren't feeling. We can't glue the universe together in a way that is predictable and orderly like the Legos that you glue with crazy glue. We can agree to act in such a way as to elicit the best in each other and thereby in ourselves. This is how we make peace with each other and our own hearts, acceptance of unpredictability, yet commitment to our collective well-being and liberation. The authors of Sparks of Wonder conclude Human communities are messy places, always surprising us with new ways to create chaos. But they're also all we've got. We're the only ones who will save ourselves from our own human folly, greed, and indifference. And this is why so many of us invest our life energy into sustaining human community. It's up to us to figure it out for ourselves. Investing life energy brings me back around to Hanukkah, a festival of dedication. One of the lessons of Hanukkah is to remain true to your values and your community in times of struggle. This is a time to return to the places and people and values that might get lost 
among the pressures of living in the world. The Maccabees didn't wait to rededicate the center of their community life halfway through the greatest challenge of their generation. It took collective work, room for lament, creative use of resources, tolerance of imperfection, and a fierce declaration of human worth and joy in the midst of it all. This too is our calling now. We recreate community together over and over again. So bring your human experience, bring your ability to adapt, bring your heart for liberating community. Peace within does not have to wait for an absence of conflict or challenge. Peace within comes from acceptance of the realities of being human and congruence with our values. This is a time of dedication. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when folks on Zoom or asynchronous can write into the chat or the comments about what resonated with you today and folks in the hall can come up to the microphone. In this time in between, you might prepare for community sharing by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity at West that illustrates the values that we're lifting up today. As we contemplate rest and reflect, let us enjoy the musical response. When I think of a river, I think of the fact that no matter what, it just keeps going. I hope you'll sing Peace Like a River with me. If you don't know it, I think you'll pick it up really quickly. It goes like this. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like... When I think of a river, I think of the fact that no matter what, it just keeps going. I hope you'll sing Peace Like a River with me. If you don't know it, I think you'll pick it up really quickly. It goes like this. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. 
I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean in my soul. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean. I've got love like an ocean in my soul. I've got pain like an arrow. I've got pain like an arrow. I've got pain like an arrow. I've got pain like an arrow in my soul. I've got pain like an arrow. I've got pain like an arrow. I've got pain like an arrow in my soul. I've got tears like the raindrops. I've got tears like the raindrops. I've got tears like the raindrops. I've got tears like the raindrops in my soul. I've got tears like the raindrops. I've got tears like the raindrops. I've got tears like the raindrops in my soul. I've got strength like the mountain. I've got strength like a mountain. I've got strength like a mountain. I've got strength like a mountain. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace. Like a river, I've got peace. Like a river in my soul. Thank you, everyone. So this is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or whatever resonates in our own lives. 
For our online participants, I invite you to share in the Zoom chat and or in the comments if you're watching later um, on a recording. And I'm going to start with some of the Zoom comments, and then we'll accept some comments from the microphone here in the hall, um, and then we'll come back to some Zoom comments at the end. So that's the, how we're going to do this in the hybrid way. So um, let's see. Here we go. Comments, comments. Uh, thank you, Lynn, for touching on the idea that it's okay to be human. It's okay to be human is the message I got this morning. Thank you, Lynn, says Giom. Abby Dakin really appreciates knowing the Hanukkah means dedication. And Joe Klein loved this platform. It really resonated. And so as other folks maybe are adding to Zoom, if anybody would like to make a comment from here in the hall, we've created, rather than taking around the microphone as we traditionally have done, um, to be safer um, and create both social distance and, um, and not too much handling of things together, um, there's a microphone right here at the front and folks can feel free to step up. Please start by saying your first name and make a brief comment so we have, uh, can share the space. Uh, Carl Kosak, I just wanted to thank everybody because I know a lot of people have spent a lot of time and effort trying to get this work seamlessly. Are there any other comments that folks in the room would like to make? Great. Hi, I'm Shayla. I'm just so happy to be back at Wes for platform, but I was really this platform and the, um, the recitation that preceded it were just so meaningful. Sometimes I have trouble articulating how I feel, but I, I do have a lot of things and I could just I really like the idea of just being here, just being together and being able to articulate our feelings. It really helps. Yeah, absolutely. Any other? in the room comments. So there's a few more that have come in by Zoom. Um, Denise says, I always appreciate the reminder that it's natural to yearn for predictability and control, yet it's also the nature of life that there are many things unpredictable and out of our control. And Jeff Mihal adds, I really appreciated the mention of forced musical selections. Betsy, her mother, and I seem to have this argument every year. They'd love to hear Handel's Messiah all on all day. I, on the other hand, prefer Duke Ellington's Nutcracker Suite or even the more goofy Christmas song like the Three Stooges' Wreck the Halls with Boughs of Holly. <laughs> so great. Well, thank you all for sharing your uh, your thoughts and feelings as we have come up. Let's see, I think there's one more. Abby Dakin says, I love the characterization of our project in the world as humanizing. A mission of humanization is one I can get behind. So amen to that. So thank you all for those comments um, and thank you all to share who shared your thoughts and attention. And just as we share our perspectives in community, so too do we share our material gifts. Here at WES, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. And we appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. 
This month, half of the offering is dedicated to the Refugee Resettlement Fund at WES, which will be directed to the new Afghan Welcome Project. And here to tell us more about this, WES's part in this work is our uh, Kate Lang. Thanks, Kate. Thank you, Karen. Uh, hello, my name is Kate Lang, and I'm leading up WES's Afghan Welcome Team. Since, as um, you all know, since August, uh, thousands of Afghan refugees have been quarantined on U.S. military bases around the country and around the world. And finally, these families are starting to move off the military bases and resettle in our communities. The Washington Ethical Society has agreed to be connected to an Afghan family resettling in our area under the Lutheran Social Services Good Neighbor Partners Program. Our Afghan welcome team has just finished the LSS orientation process, and we expect to be matched with a family soon. Uh, we look forward to mentoring, supporting, and learning from the family we're matched with over the coming year. Part of our commitment to, the uh, to this family is a financial one. We will be helping to pay their rent for many months in 2022. We're so grateful that we'll be able to use money from Wes's Refugee Resettlement Fund uh, to meet this financial commitment to our new neighbors. And we're thankful that the Refugee Resettlement Fund is Wes's Share the Plate recipient for the month of December. We appreciate your generosity as you share your resources with Wes so that we can provide a warm welcome to our new neighbors as they transition into our community. Please do not hesitate to reach out to me with any questions about Wes's Afghan welcome team or about contributing to the Refugee Resettlement Fund. Uh, you, can, you can reach me by email at katel at ethicalsociety.org. So that's K-A-T-E-L at ethicalsociety.org. And I welcome uh, any questions or concerns folks have. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks so much, Kate. So on the slide, you'll see the uh, number to give by text for today's collection, which is 202-335-1885. And um, that would be also folks in the hall. We're not going to pass a basket <laughs> as we might normally have done. Um, and so you can also make your gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org. And if you're on the website, cho please choose share the plate as the fund designation. We will now receive your gifts and the gift of music.
Thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. And it was a long time in coming and took a lot of preparation. But for this morning specifically, our guest musicians were Mark David Buckles, the UU Virtual Singers, and Unicorn Heads, and Interim Music Coordinator Leah Morris, Membership Coordinator Maceo Thomas, Slide Artists John and Abby Dakin, and Communications Coordinator Robin Kravitz. Thank you to Adam Goldberg for hosting today's Zoom Coffee Hour. And of course, thank you to today's tech team, which is John Leica, John Pfeiffer, Pat McNeely, Paul Baker, and Denise Howell, who uh, is our Zoom usher. So thank you very much, especially to that tech team for all of their efforts in getting us to this point today. I'm going to say thanks also to those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come. As always, this week has a variety of opportunities for West members and friends to connect virtually around shared interests and in support meetings and discussion groups. And you can find information about all of those activities and some more that I'm going to mention in a moment um, in the Sunday links or news and notes emails or by going to the West website. But of particular attention, um, please support the BSA Troop 1123's fundraising efforts. We, this is our welcoming, inclusive troop chartered at WES, and the scouts are selling winter flower bulbs. Um, In-person attendees can see a scout with questions or to order on the front patio today after platform. And everyone is welcome to visit the online order form, which should be appearing in the chat um, in a moment. The West Giving Tree to benefit a wider circle and capital area food bank is online this year, meaning all members from near and far are welcome to participate in this annual tradition of generosity. Genevieve McDowell-Owen has prepared a wish list and a sign-up sheet. And if you don't want to use the usual online retailer <clears throat> to fulfill the wish list, you can drop items off at Genevieve's front porch. Um, so please look for those links in news and notes, and gift items should be delivered by December 17. And that link is also going to be in the chat. Um, next Sunday, December 12th, the third and fifth grade SEEK class, that's our um, Sunday Ethical Education for Kids, will meet in person during platform. And then OWL, the OWL Whole Lives uh, Human Sexuality Curriculum, will meet that afternoon at 2 p.m. as scheduled. Um, and then the following week, December 19th, is the next meeting of the high school youth group. And for all age groups, uh, please be sure your family is registered and that you've filled out the RSVP form for each class session. If you haven't already receiving the SEEK newsletter, please contact Indara Miles and links for all those things will be in the chat. Winterfest is coming up on December 19th. This year, we'll repeat the success of last year's festival of poetry with winter-themed readings that invoke peace, hope, love, joy, and giving. You can sign up to record yourself reading your contribution, or you can sign up to be a reader from here in the hall and look for an email later today with the sign-up link for that. Uh, platform will take a holiday break on December 26th. The building will be closed that day, and the tech team will get a well-deserved chance to rest. <laughs> 
If it's your habit to make your pledge payments during platform, please keep this month's three platform schedule in mind as you're planning your end of year giving to Wes. The platform address next Sunday, December 12th, will be by interim leader Lynn Cox on the topic, what is hope? We hope you'll join us at that uh, for that presentation at 1030, either on Zoom or here in the hall if you reserve your spot online. The link for the reservations for December's platform is on the West website, as are details of all of these events that we've been talking about. Um, and to participate in person, you'll need to answer a health, some health screening questions and to confirm your answers to those questions when you arrive so that we're assuring safety for all. We are nearing the end of platform and whether you've been with us live on Zoom, um, in person here in the hall, or later in the recording, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, after the closing song and closing words, we'll end the webinar and open a new Zoom meeting for virtual coffee hour. And then in-person attendees might enjoy gathering outside on the front patio where there is space and fresh air um, for us to socialize being here together. Now let's enjoy this month's closing song. Let your peace. 
of time, and folks may recognize this from previous winter festivals and the like, so we can keep singing along week by week as the month progresses. Uh, just a few brief reminders as we close. If you are new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. And his email and a link to a connections card will be in the chat. Um, or if you're here, you can actually speak with Maceo in person this, today. What a novel concept. <laughs> to reach virtual coffee hour, point your browser to tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour. And thank you for being part of this experiential platform, whether online or in person. And we hope to see you again soon. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, holding the complexities of peace, hope, love, and joy in our quest for a better world.